us the dads today. I know we have a few. We have a few up here. If there's a dad near you, would you go and just lay hands on him? We got some dads on the worship team. If anybody feels uh, inspired, you can go lay hands on them. I just want to pray for the fathers here today. Happy Father's Day, man. Father, I thank you for these men. Lord, I ask that you would father them, that you would fill their hearts with love. Fill their hearts with grace. Lord, I pray that you would let them know the depths and the extravagance of your passionate love for them. That they would know that they know that they know it. Do it, Father. Lord, I pray that you would put in their hearts your heart for their children. That they could love their sons and their daughters with your matchless with your priceless, with your limitless love. Do it, Lord. Bless my brothers today. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. You guys want to thank the worship team? It's not easy to play with all those distractions. You guys did a good job today. You got a show, too. <laughs> Take up an offering. We've had to make some budget cuts. Um, I shared the, a couple of weeks ago that uh, things had gotten tight, and I felt like it was time to cut spending instead of raise taxes, you know? And so we've had to cut some spending. We've, the cleaning service will be, um, will no longer be paying the cleaning service by the end of the month. Unfortunately, um, we've been paying Tim to, to head up the worship team. We've had to, we've had to cut his salary, cut it out. Um, as well, Tim is cool with it. We've talked, and but we'll pay him to the uh, end of the month. Our landlord was very gracious to us. Top secret, don't tell the other tenants. But I talked to him, and and he agreed to actually lower our rent. It was supposed to go up at the end of the month. So, you know, and that's testament to this church's faithfulness in paying its rent on time for a very long time. And so, we've had an opportunity to reap now for your faithfulness in giving um, all those years. And so, um, so we've made some cuts, and um, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll make things better. But we really do appreciate uh, your generosity. So, Father, accept this offering. Bless it. Multiply it. Use it to bring glory to your name and advance your kingdom. Lord, help us to be really good stewards of it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you're making out a check, you can make it out to the bridge. A few other announcements. On Tuesdays, we have prayer at Ginny's at 10. This coming Tuesday night, we'll be doing Dream Interpretation at the Spoon. You can sign up on the coffee bar. Thursday nights, we've started a small group meeting. Um, we're actually not going to meet this coming week because most of the people who were there last week are not going to be able to be there next week. So we're actually going to take this Thursday off, but we are going to uh, meet on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. My idea for this group is a little bit different. Everybody gets to play. That's my heart. So I, there's a sign-up sheet on the coffee bar for this as well. If you'd like to lead worship one week, you can sign up for that. If you'd like to share some type of life lesson, and that means any kind of lesson you've learned from your life, um, you can uh, 
you can sign up to share that or um, if you we're just going to eat together too so any kind of snack I don't care if it's donuts we had pizza last time whatever you want we'll um, we'll have food as well this is my thought you know usually if there's food there and people get to hang out we get to know one another better right and generally if there's worship and prayer we get to connect with our God better. So I'm thinking if we could do those things, I don't know, it might be a pretty good night. And if we let everybody get to play, maybe it won't get so boring so quickly. And so we're going to try that for a while. Youth groups is about every other Saturday from 7.30 on. We have some coming events next Sunday. A good friend of mine, Reese Saunders, is going to be in town. Reese served um, as the National Dream Team Coordinator on John Paul's staff for a long time. Um, he led the Burning Man team. Um, for a long time as well. Uh, he's going to be in the area and driving down through, so he's going to be our guest speaker next Sunday. You guys will, if you liked Rob Mazza, if you enjoyed Doug, if you enjoyed Jim, you'll like Reese. He's got the same kind of spiritual DNA and flavor about him. We're going to have an ice cream social on July 9th here, 7 p.m. at the church. Um, Jenny has graciously opened her home for another church barbecue and baptism, and that'll be August 8th, so you can line up your, uh, your calendar of events. Um, the uh, Worship Leaders Workshop with Josh Young is scheduled for August 12th to 14th, and um, some, if you haven't heard already, um, I've invited Rick and Kerry to come back uh, and visit the church. They'll be here uh, at the end of October, October 29th, 30th, and 31st, that's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we'll do... Um, one of our famous potlucks on that Saturday. I'm sure that they would love uh, to enjoy that. And then Rick will speak on Sunday. So they'll be here at the end of October. Um, I just kind of felt like it was a good thing to do. It was, it was my idea, and I shared it with a few people, and they kind of thought it was a good idea too. So you, could, you can keep that in mind. I think it was mostly inspired by the fact that I got to go back to my old church in, in Washington and, and speak and. And that was a good thing. I thought it would be a blessing for Rick and Carrie as well. Okay, if you have Bibles with you, open up to 1 John chapter 4. I may or may not get to it. That was, this is my, my prepared message on my laptop. But I also got this sheet of paper I wrote up when I got here this morning. So I'm just trying to follow the Spirit's lead. And I got another thing on my iPhone. So I got all these notes here. I'm not even sure what I want to say yet. So I know you, a lot of you guys follow me on Facebook. I um, I posted an article a couple of days ago. There's an author, a secular author by the name of Seth Godin, and he writes about leadership. I have one of his books called Tribes that I found really intriguing. And he writes a blog as well, and just a couple of paragraphs from his blog. Seth Godin says, For a long time, the best way to tell if something was professional high grade, and worth a premium was by judging the slickness of the production value. The born identity costs more than the toxic adventure. John Grisham's latest novel was clearly worth more than a self-published typewritten book of poetry. Sgt. Pepper was a more professional album than something that the skinny Americans, the garage band down the street, put together. And so restaurants got slicker, as did business proposals. We looked for cues on websites, or the way a conference was presented, 
and the stage was dressed. Now, of course, there's auto-tune and Pro Tools, which can make any band sound like Britney. There's Kinko's and Mucods, and plenty of people who will sell you gloss for not much money. So I guess instead of slick, we're now seeking transparency and reputation and guts. It's like, hmm, I like that last sentence. So I guess now, instead of slick, we're seeking transparency and reputation and guts. I would like to give you transparency. <laughs> I hope I'm a man of good reputation and of guts instead of providing, you know, a slick presentation. You're watching the Three Stooges try to put that <laughs> projector back on today. You can tell we've about given up on slick, right? <laughs> I may not be able to do slick very well, but most of the time I've done pretty good with transparency. So today is Father's Day. Did you know that today is the 100th anniversary of Father's Day? Today's the 100th anniversary of Father's Day. The idea, let me read this to you. The idea of creating a day for children to honor their fathers began in Spokane, Washington. Just we, That's where we flew in and out of last week. A woman by the name of Sonora Smart Dodd thought of the idea of Father's Day while listening to a Mother's Day sermon in 1909. Having been raised by her father, William Jackson Smart, after her mother died, Sonora wanted her father to know how special he was to her. It was her father that made all the parental sacrifices and was, in the eyes of his daughter, a courageous, selfless, and loving man. Sonora's father was born in June, so she thought to hold the first Father's Day celebration in Spokane, Washington, on the 19th of June in the year 2010. A hundred years. Today's a hundred... Hundredth year anniversary of Father's Day. I don't know. That seems significant to me. It feels like it's got some weight on it. I've had the privilege of being a father for more than twenty six years, and um, and though I had some other notes prepared, I thought I would just share. I'd begin by sharing just a few things I've learned by being Lisa and Tommy's father. It was great to see the kids last week. We got to fly out to, for Lisa's graduation. She graduated from Eastern Washington University. And Nadine and I, we couldn't have been more proud as professor after professor told us how amazing our daughter was and let us know what we didn't know is that the, the award that she won was the highest academic honor that the school, that the school offers, given out to 20 students out of 2,300 students. We were very proud of Lisa. Maybe some of you have seen a little video I posted on YouTube at that very moment of graduation where they announced her as Lisa, the brain ninja Zawacki. <laughs> I love it. I said, where'd you get brain ninja from? <laughs> and she says, uh, she was talking to her friend and they asked what her major was. She said, psychology. He goes, oh, you're one of those brain ninjas. <laughs> So she just kind of liked that. I thought she was going to go with Lisa, that girl with the hair, Zawacki, you know. 
very proud. It was just a delight to be able to to see our daughter and celebrate this, you know, pretty significant occasion with her. And it was fun to that my son could come up to. You know, we're at that stage of life. It's rare when the four of us could be together. I love when the four of us get to be together. It's just a real delight. And, and then last Sunday we got to go visit the church that we had pastored in Washington. And I tell you what, there was another father moment for me there. As we worshipped with them last Sunday morning, I could look around the building and see the people who were there, all the changes. They had made so many upgrades to that facility. And um, the new pastors there, Dwayne and Don Crawford, I very much have a fatherly uh, heart uh, toward them. And as I, as I looked at what they'd done, I knew, man, I knew in my heart that when we were finished there that they were the people who were going to be able to you know, carry the, you know, take the baton from us and carry it forward, the next leg of the journey. And I wept during worship because I felt in my heart that same kind of pride that I felt for Lisa as she graduated college. It's like, look at what my kids did. You know, look at what they did. They did good. They, they did really good. Both my natural children and my spiritual children. I've learned a couple of things being a dad. I, I just, they're not really profound, but they've really helped me, and maybe they'll help you. I've discovered that in, in fatherhood, through trial and error, I've discovered that love, in, love often means listening. That sometimes the very best way I could love my children is just to listen to them. And, and it's been true through all the stages of their life. I can remember when they were little kids and we'd put them to bed. Nadine was really consistent about bedtime. Bedtime was bedtime. And so, you know, we'd send them to bed, and I knew that if I wanted to find out what was really going on in their heart, I'd wait about 10 minutes after they were sent to bed. And then I'd just kind of knock on the door and peek in, and I'd sit on the end of their bed. And I really wouldn't say anything. They would open their heart and pour out everything that was going on in their world because they figured, hey, dad's sitting on my bed. Lisa has to be asleep right now, but I get to stay up and talk to dad. He'll keep talking to me about everything and anything. As long as I sat there and he didn't have to go to bed so soon. And I just listened. And he would tell me funny things. And he would tell me important things. He would share with me some painful things. But he would talk. And one of the best ways I could love my son or my daughter was sometimes just to sit on the edge of their bed and listen to them. As they got older, <laughs> I had a, um, in, in our old house, I had a, a study inside the house. It was one of the bedrooms we turned into a study. And it was the bedroom between, that sat between my bedroom and the kids' bedroom. And most nights, before I'd go to bed, one of the last things I'd do would be check my email. And so, you know, it's like 11 or 11.30, and, you know, I'm about ready to go to bed. And one of the kids would come by my study. And I learned that if they just stuck their head in the door and said, hey, Dad, and talked to me for a few minutes, it wasn't so important. They were just popping in. But if they walked all the way into the office and sat down, and that meant it was time for Dad to turn his chair around, to turn away from the computer, and it was time to listen again. 
Because if they sat down in there, that meant that there was something important that they wanted to talk about. And I'm discovering now, even though they live 3,000 miles away, that often enough, one of the best ways I can love Lisa and Tommy is I can listen. They'll call up on a cell phone, and they'll talk, and they'll talk, and they'll talk, and they'll talk. Now, look, man, we got a three-hour time difference now, okay? And just like it wasn't convenient when they were teenagers and would stick their head in my study, it was always about the time I was ready to go to bed. They wanted to talk. It was important that I listened to them then. And even now as they're adults and fully capable, I mean, they're on their own, they're independent, they're doing great. But there are times they need to talk to Dad. And that means that I need to stop doing what I'm doing and listen to them. Love often means listening. It means to really listen. And it's often inconvenient. But boy, oh boy, it really works. I've also learned as a father to my children that when I express anger to them, it's always been more expensive than it's worth. When I've, when I've just let them have it, even if they deserved it, <laughs> when I just let them have it, it has always, every single time, been more expensive than it's worth. It hurts them more than I ever would want to hurt them. It goes deeper than I'd ever want those words to go. And it seems to take longer to get over than time I want to waste. I've discovered as a father, and I've learned the hard way, that my words are weightier than I've ever expected them to be. And so as I've gotten older, man, I hope a little bit wiser, I've learned to uh, measure the weight of my words and to choose them carefully. And as best as I'm able, not to strike out in anger. And because I've failed at that, I've also learned that um, it's good to apologize to my kids. I heard somebody say at a Promise Keeper meeting years and years ago, he says, it's okay to apologize to your children. They already know that you're wrong. (laughs) You apologizing isn't proving that you're wrong. They already know it. If you apologize, it just takes away some of the sting from whatever you did. That listening thing again, I've also discovered that there's a greater likelihood that they'll listen to me after I've spent a lot of time listening to them. If I don't take the time to listen to them, there's very little likelihood that they'll listen to what I have to say. But if I've listened, and I've listened, and I've yawned and listened some more, then when it comes time for Dad to speak, They value what I have to say. So they'll listen to me after I've listened to them. One of the other things I've discovered in fatherhood is that um, 
It's a really different kind of love. I, I learned the, the truth of this in the instant that Lisa was born. I'll never forget the day. Nadine was in labor for 18 hours before they did a C-section. And they finally bring Lisa out to me. Because they didn't, this doctor didn't let me be in there for the procedure. But they finally bring her out to me, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, I am, I am crazy in love with this little girl. I would die for her. This, I just met her. I just laid my eyes on her for the first time. I would die for her right now. Without hesitation, without, a, without an instant's reservation, I would die for her in this second. And I can remember being so excited, running up and down the hallways of the hospital, until the nurses threw me out. Mr. Zawacki, it's time for you to go home, they told me. And I was so pumped up. I mean, I was exhausted, but I was so pumped and excited. I'm driving to my parents' house and just thinking about this. I'm thinking about how much I love this little girl. And a few thoughts occurred to me. I, I love Nadine. All my heart, I love Nadine. But this was a very different kind of love. It was equally as powerful, but just different. I love my parents. But my love for my parents is not the same as my love for Nadine. It certainly wasn't the same as my love for Lisa. It was a different kind of love. This father love was a new experience, and it rocked my world. And as I'm driving, my thought processes are kind of rolling, and the thought occurs to me, if I love Lisa this much, could my parents love me this much? No way. There's no way they could have loved me this much. Oh, my God, I think maybe they love me this much. And it blew my mind. They love me this much? I thought they were just old, man. They love me. They love me like this? It kind of made me look at them in a whole new light. And then the actual... The next natural leap was to God. Wait a minute. If I love Lisa this much and my parents could love me the same kind of love, I know God's love is bigger. I know God's love is greater. And maybe for the first time in my life, I had some glimpse, some just little tiny sliver of a glimpse into what the Father's love for me might be like. Because I was finally able to love a child of my own. It just... It just blew my mind. And, and I realized in, a, uh, in minute form, in seed form then, but it's much clearer to me now that this father kind of love is a giving love and not a taking love. And you guys who are parents, you, you know that. It's a, it's a, I'll give everything to my kids. I'll give everything for them and to them. And I never want to take from them. As a matter of fact, any time that there's something from them to me, it just blows me away. Nadine and I celebrated our anniversary a couple of weeks ago. It was our 29th wedding anniversary, and my son sent us a gift. There's a little device that's called a Roku box or a Roku box, and you can play Netflix on your television. And we had Netflix, and we'd watch stuff on the computer. And he calls us up. He says, hey, I just want to let you know this is coming in the mail tomorrow. I thought it was something you and mom could enjoy together. And I was like, oh, man, what a great kid. Yeah? 
that he would think to give to us. I mean, it just it made his mom cry and just softened my heart. Right? And he would give back. It doesn't require it of him. Certainly didn't demand it in any way, shape, or form. He just decided to do something nice. And to give to us because he loved us. Man, I like that. Most of the time in this in this relationship, it's a giving kind of love. I think that's how it's supposed to be. I think healthy fathers give many times over to their children and take very little or nothing from them. So I know that there's, I know from looking at Scripture that there's a significance to the Father's blessing. How many of you guys were here this Sunday Rob Mazza visited and he got to pray for people at the end of the service? How many of you guys were here when Rob was here? Yeah, some of you were. Rob really carries something on him of a, an anointing, a gifting, an ability to pray your Father's blessing on people. I've watched him do it in churches with significant effect. I've watched him do it out on the plier at Burning Man and just you know, truly melt people's hearts. I know there's something to this Father's blessing. If you look through Scripture, there are significant points where fathers would bless their children. You see it in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham blessed his sons. Isaac blessed Jacob, Esau. And Jacob blessed all his sons. We see it with, with King David. There's something profoundly significant when a father lays his hands on children and prays blessing on them. There's some type of transfer that happens. It's a spiritual thing. It's a holy thing. It's created by God kind of thing. In Genesis 49, Isaac blesses Joseph. I just wanted to read some of that to you. This is out of the message. Verse 25, The God of your father, may he help you. And may the strong God, the almighty God, may he give you his blessing. Blessings tumbling out of the skies. Blessings bursting upon the earth. Blessings of breast and womb. May the blessings of your father exceed the blessings of the ancient mountains and surpass the delights of the eternal hills. May they rest on the head of Joseph and on the brow of the one consecrated among his brothers. There's something profoundly significant when a father blesses his sons, blesses his daughters. As a pastor, I've noticed over the years that when a daughter has been loved by her father, it's easier for her to be a wife. She can make that step forward from being a daughter 
to being a wife because she's no longer looking for a father to fill the gap and to fill the void left by her natural father. It's a powerful, it's a profound, it's a significant thing when a father does his job right. And I think it's devastating on our culture when fathers fail to do their job right. I read a story this morning about a minister who went to prison. And he said the the one thing that he got to speak with young men. None of them had fathers. All three of them who were in prison, their fathers were in prison. Somebody did a study, the, the tragedies in, our, in schools like Columbine and some of the other tragedies. Somebody did research into all of those broken and disturbed young men who killed their classmates. The one thing that they had in common is they all have father issues. So what do we do about that? So if we've had a bad father experience, are we just like, are we just screwed? Or can, or can something be done? I believe something can be done. Jesus, one of the names of our God is Redeemer. He can redeem. He can fix. He can fill the gap and the void. I love that nothing is impossible for him. That he's not limited by time or by space. He's not limited by anything. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I find great comfort in the reality that he's good. That he can be trusted. I don't even know all of your stories. I just know what the odds are. Some of you guys probably didn't have a great experience with with your fathers. Maybe as you think of Father's Day or think back on the past, there's more hurt, there's more pain than joy. I don't think it has to stay that way. It doesn't have to stay that way. I believe with all my heart that God can redeem. I think it's no mistake that our our God refers to himself as our Father and that Jesus describes him as Father. Because he can come and he can fill in all the broken places. He can heal all the hurts and all the wounds. He's the the perfect example of that giving love, right? As we look at the story of our faith, 
God our Father gave his only begotten son. He gave his son. What an amazing, what an incredible expression of love for us. Of sacrificial love. He, he did for us what he did not require of Abraham and what we would never be able to do. We'd never consider doing. He made that sacrifice and Jesus took it on willingly out of his great love for us. So, would you close your eyes? Would you, would you please? This is the father that you have. Even though earthly men may have failed you. Maybe they've done more than failed. Maybe they did more than not do the good things. Maybe they did bad things. Even though earthly men may have failed you, your heavenly father, he loves you perfectly. He knows you exactly as you are. He knows you. He understands you. Even if your earthly father couldn't understand you. Your heavenly father understands you. He knows who you are. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what's in your heart. He knows every hurt. He knows every wound. He knows every place where you need to be affirmed and encouraged, where you need to be built up. He will always, always, always listen to you. You can have audience with him any time of the day. He'll listen to you. He'll sit on the edge of your bed and listen to everything you have to say. And he'll never yawn. He loves you that much. So Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Holy Spirit, come. And Heavenly Father, would you pour out a fatherly love today? I pray for every one of my friends here, every man, every woman, every child in this room. Heavenly Father, come. Would you touch them with Father's love? Would you do that? I release with the authority I have in the name of Jesus. Just a Father's blessing. I release a Father's blessing today. And this is what the Father would say to you. He says, I love you. I'm proud of you. I approve. I treasure you. But I pray that you'd bless my friends today. Just bless them. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you fill in every gap, every void. Fill it up, oh God. Every hole left by men, by earthly men. 
Lord, every gap left by biological fathers, every gap left by spiritual fathers, Lord, fill in every gap, every hole, every void. I know that you're perfect and nothing's impossible for you. And I ask that you do this today. Sovereignly do it. Touch the hearts of my friends. Be with them, oh God. I just say be blessed today. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Receive the Father's blessing. His great, His extravagant love for you. Just be blessed. Just be blessed. And Lord, I ask that you would heal your people today. Just heal them. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would set us free from all the from all the daddy wounds that hold us back. Set us free, oh God. As I'm, I'm praying for that, it, it's, like, it's like we've got our, our ankles tangled up in rope. And we're trying to run, but we just keep tripping over this thing tangled around our feet. Lord, would you untangle those things that keep tripping us up? Would you untangle those daddy wounds, those father wounds that keep getting in our way? Would you do that? Would you do it today? significantly today, oh God, so we don't have to get tripped up over that same stuff again. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Jesus. Man, thanks, Matt. Thank you, Lord. I was praying the other day, and I saw uh, what looked like a path, a road that had um, obstacles on it, that had like boulders and boxes, and just like stuff was piled in the road. It wasn't supposed to be there, and a plow came through, and it 
it removed all the obstacles. And so I just, I want to, I, I want to make a prophetic declaration over you today. So in Jesus' name, I declare over you that the obstacles are removed. Obstacles be gone in Jesus' name. That the hindrances on your path are gone. The boulders be gone in Jesus' name. And I just declare over each of you today, each family, each marriage, each individual, that your path is straight and that the road is clear. And that God is with you. The next thing I see on this path is I see, I see a father. I see the father. And he's holding the hand of a child. And they're walking together on a path. And he's walking with you at a pace <laughs> that you could handle. He's not dragging you along. It's a delightful stroll together. So I just declare of you that you will walk with the Father. And he'll walk with you at a pace that you can handle. And then that it will, your, your walk with him will be one that's a delight and a joy. And there are things that he wants to reveal to you. That he's been longing to walk this path through you because there's things on the right and on the left. He wants to show you himself. And there are things that he wants to teach you. From his father's heart to your heart that he created. So I just declare over you, in Jesus' name, that you'll walk with the Father, and that you'll hold his hand, and that you'll hear his voice, and that you'll receive wisdom from him. Father, release that love. Release that love on your children today. Bless you. And the picture just unfolds before me. So now not only have obstacles been removed, but you get to walk hand in hand with the Father as he personally instructs you, as he personally shares life wisdom with you. But there are treasures on the path to be discovered. Along the path, there's different treasures. It looks like, um, it looks like gems. Some look like red rubies. And others like blue sapphires and, and clear diamonds. And as you walk along the path, every so often you'll stop. And there's a pile of gems there. There's, there's treasure that he has for you. Precious things that he has for you. And you'll discover on the path as you walk hand in hand with your heavenly father. So I just prophesy that over you today. I declare that this will be so in each of your lives. Make it so, God. Now, Father, I pray for this church. I thank you for the bridge Long Island. Lord, I ask that you would bless us, not because we've earned it or we've deserved it or have a right to it, but because you're our dad and we're your kids. And, Dad, we ask for your Father's blessing on this church family. You come and be the dad and bless us. Lord, I ask that you give us 
everything that we'll need to do the things you've called us to do. Lord, I pray that it would be a delight and that it would be a joy. Father God, I pray that we would love one another. I pray that this would be a place known by love. Make it so, God. Let this place be known. Let people come in here and say, oh, look at how they love one another. I pray that that would be our testimony. Make it so, God. I ask for the life of your spirit to be in full display here. Lord, I pray that we would be a a holy people, a humble people, that we would be men and women after your own heart because we've spent time in your heart. Make it so, God. Make it so. Let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done. Let your name be glorified. Amen? Amen. I love you guys. If anybody needs prayer, please feel free to come on down. I'd be happy to to pray for you, the rest of you. Have a wonderful Father's Day, either celebrating with the dad.